Hi, and welcome to the Art of the Profitable Lifestyle Gym podcast. I'm Chris Thorndike, a 14-year practicing brick-and-mortar gym owner. In this podcast, we'll talk you through how to grow your gym membership base with long-term members, how to create a consistent flow of leads, and how to enjoy running a gym that gives you the income you need to live the lifestyle you want. I'll show you how to pay yourself $5,000 a month take home and make $5,000 a month in gym profit. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Andrea, good morning. Good morning. All right, so a little on today, guys, we're going to talk about uh, client acquisition costs and, you know, some metrics uh, that are important to run your business. And Andrea and I were actually discussing uh, a conversation I was having in uh, a Facebook group about uh, LTV, which is lifetime value of a client. So I just want to open this up and, uh, Andrea, honestly, get to the bottom of what these numbers actually represent and the importance or the use of them. Because in my opinion, the, the reason we look at these numbers is to make decisions mm-hmm. and to you know, impact the direction we go or reassurance even that what we're, you know, doing and how we're, you know, working on the business is working. And um, that's why, you know, I look at certain metrics in the business. So um, let's first kick this off and just kind of defining um, the number that really started this conversation, which was client acquisition cost. And if you guys aren't familiar with that, you need to start thinking about that because that is, uh, a representation of how much time, energy, money it takes to uh, add a new member to your membership. And knowing exactly what that number is will help you determine a few things. Um, so Andrea, um, you know, one of the things that I'm looking at, and I'll get your feedback here, is uh, I want to understand how much uh, task time, and task time can equate to essentially payroll. So uh, whether you're paying someone to do the work to acquire a client or you yourself are doing it, there's actual value on that time. And then also what goes into, uh, you know, someone pushing the buttons in terms of, uh, you know, making social posts, running ads is also creating an ad budget if you choose to, you know, run paid marketing. So that also has to get, in fa- you know, factored in. So, Let's dive down client acquisition, just first start at like a high level of understanding um, what it is, why it's important, and we can go into some of the details of how we're using it in our you know, gyms. Yeah. So client acquisition costs is essentially just a breakdown of like how much time and money and effort it takes for you to acquire a customer. And so that number is going to be broken down into like, did you spend any money in terms of ad dollars or marketing dollars, right? to acquire this uh, customer? Did you spend any time like following up with them, texting them back on the phone in a sales appointment? If you did have a sales appointment and you enrolled that person, are you paying yourself a commission? Like all of those different things are part of your cost of acquisition. And so that, to me, that means everybody has a cost of acquisition, right? Even if they're not paying monetary ad dollars, they are putting in time to write social media posts, talk to leads, have conversations. Like there is a cost of acquisition that exists. If you are thinking like, oh no, my cost of acquisition is zero. 
And then I would say, oh, you're either not paying yourself for the time that you are doing that, or you just don't see it yet. Like you don't see that, like your time is actually worth money. Um, and I think that's where a lot of, um, a lot of gym owners get stuck there because they don't actually pay themselves or don't value their time. Um, when they're working on the business. Right. And I think to, to some degree, like based on what we talked about last week, with the stages of business, like stage one, sure. Like you're, you're starting up, like you're putting in the work, you know, you're building, but once you start generating enough revenue, like you really want to work your salary into like the cost of operating the business, because if you ever want to replace someone, you want to create something that people step into that like already pays them as opposed to like scrambling to like find that revenue because you're like, Oh, I did this for free. No, one's going to do it for free. Like you have to be paying yourself if you eventually want to like delegate and let go of these, um, these tasks. So cost of acquisition is really just like one, the money that you're spending to bring someone in and also the time that you're putting in to bring someone in. hundred percent. And, and, you know, when you really look at this, with the time and the money, you start to see that new clients cost more than existing clients to serve. And when we're really looking at all the touch points, all the things that we've, you know, had to do to, uh, you know, get in front of someone and to have conversation with them and then eventually meet with them, say at enrollment, you haven't collected a dime. You, you have not um, been paid for your time. So that in my opinion, has to be recouped in some way um, if you're going to acquire clients at a profit. And, you know, if you're in business for profit and making money and not losing money, then we need to do something with this number and actually get it into the business model so that we're not waiting, you know, months to recoup this time, energy, and effort that actually is a true cost of the business, meaning it's coming out in payroll or you're spending it um, in your own personal time if you're not paying yourself, which you know we, we saw that in, in the thread there. But guys, the point is, is the sooner you recognize that this is a real sunk cost of bringing in new members, you can do something about it. You can factor it into your prices. You can understand you know, uh, and optimize how much time or energy you want to spend in each of these areas. But the truth is, you're going to have to acquire clients if you want to grow, if you want to replace the natural attrition in the business. And if you're not utilizing this, it could exactly be the reason why you're not able to grow your personal income or your membership base, and it's going to throw the numbers off. And if your numbers aren't accurate, if they're not you know, correct for your business, well, you can end up feeling like a hamster, you know, just kind of on a wheel going round and round and round. And it, eventually that's going to, that's going to hit you and, you. and you start to realize I'm not making the money or I'm overworking my time. It's not worth it. And that's why we need to talk through this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's like a, a big thing to, to consider is like, you have to build in your, you have to build it into your price points. Like I think what happens right now is there's not much awareness of what the numbers are. Like there's no awareness of what my cost of acquisition is, or it's like, Oh, it's zero. So if it's zero, you're not going to consider it and you're not going to put it into your price. And then there's not really an awareness of what it actually takes to service this client. 
And if it is, it's like, what's the bare minimum to service them? So like, how do we cover the rent and payroll? And it's like, what about you, the owner? <laughs> like you need to build in your take home and your profit as a business into the price point. Um, so yeah, looking at the numbers are, is going to be just important in like helping you make the most informed, educated decisions and also keep you from like just being on this hyper selling and growth mode. And then like being left wondering and frustrate us, like why it's not actually making a difference. And it's almost like, like, I think the analogy that helps me see it is like, you're putting water into a bucket with holes. Like it's never going to fill up because you're priced. You're not priced accordingly. You're not priced to, to be profitable. You're not priced to pay yourself a salary, or maybe you are, and you're not actually just like, you're not actually doing it. Um, so so let's, let's dive a little bit deeper, just so for those of you guys out there that have never looked at this, this might be the first time someone's bringing it up or you've seen the acronym and you're like, well, what does that actually mean in terms of the work? So you can you know, really get a sense of you know, this important uh, piece of uh, data. So the first thing, when I look at client acquisition, I basically look at um, what time or energy or effort or money does it take to collect a lead. A lead is a name, a phone number, an email uh, that I can actually, you know, have a real conversation and start to build a relationship with a potential client. So in one regard, Andrea, there is the time of thinking up, you know, copywriting or a post, actually clicking the button to distribute it or writing an email. If you've ever written an email, uh, it takes time to think of a concept and an idea like that has to be factored in to doing the job consistently is what I would say. And when you uh, have this kind of slight differentiation among owners that we saw in the chat is either I run paid traffic or ads um, or I don't. And that may lessen the client acquisition costs, but it, you know, we found it really impactful is when you want to reach people that don't know you exist you know, it's, it's can be efficient to run ads and they can work with the right model. But when it comes to acquiring leads, there's an actual step in your business model that you're going to give energy to. And what we're saying is that energy equals money in terms of ad spend or time in terms of work, regardless of whether you're doing the work or not, you're still worth it. And you're still an employee of your business if you're operating within it. So that's the first part of this is saying, hey, that bucket is going to cost time and money. The, the other thing that you mentioned, Andrea, is following up with people. People are going to respond to you via text or email. That's administrative time. That is real work that has to go into helping this person understand what's your process? What are the steps? How do I get information about you know working with you? And what's uh, interesting, sorry to cut you off. What's interesting is that like following up with leads and like having those sales conversations is probably one of the most valuable things that you can do as a gym owner for your gym, talking to potential customers. Like if you're going to talk about like the best use of your time, that is the best use of your time, right? Yes. You also want to like focus on like serving them and coaching them and making sure that your product is high quality. That's also a great use of your time. Um, but it's so funny and interesting that like one of the most valuable things that you can do for your business as a gym owner, like you don't pay yourself for, yeah. you just, 
you explaining that made me think of that. And I was like, that's so interesting. Well, here's where it starts to take shape with different models where, you know, I was talking with Jim on the other day who had a lot of pride with doing a free trial and was almost feeling like I spent too much time on the front end with a prospect. And here's my view on it is like you said, this is the opportunity to show what we're about and how we do things and how we can help this person. And then I believe that that's that moment they get to see why we're different and worth more than what other options are out there or better for them and a better fit. And they'd be willing to pay. However, if I waited to a trial or I waited for every client that I earned to find out why we're different on their own, well, that's going to make it really hard to help people make a financial decision and earn those uh, memberships. So that's why I think I will 100% agree with you in saying, hey, there's some real time and energy and effort that you can uh, level up if you put more time and energy and effort into your sales process and following up with people. And that may be also why you don't have a good sales close or you're not able to increase your membership prices because you're not giving that piece of the buying process for the, you know, someone looking for a membership, the right amount of time and energy and attention to spend the money that you need to charge to level up, you know, in terms of your income or in terms of your overall revenue. So that's a great point of, you know, if you're not doing that, it may also be that you're not giving enough resources to your acquisition process. Yeah. So the last piece of that is, you mentioned this, is the enrollment appointment, right? Spending some time talking about, um, you know, the membership options, the price point, the, the how the steps work for this person. If you're out there and you've done like one-on-one uh, over the phone is what we prefer, but you're spending likely 45 minutes on average explaining and getting this person to know and understand so that they can eventually make a decision right there with you of it's a yes or it's a no about moving forward. Well, if you look at that 45 minutes and you simply put a dollar amount as if you spent it with a client paying you, well, you start to see that it's real money lost. If you know you meet with several people a week or month, you start to really see the impact of your time. So the combination of those three kind of buckets of acquiring a lead, following up with the lead, and enrolling, all of those three things we're saying before the sale happens is a sunk cost of business. And where does that get factored into your price? And if it doesn't, that is in itself the hole or the gap in which you may be finding financially you're not recouping those costs and why um, your budget, to your point, it's the bucket with holes in it, water going through, and you're not collecting all on that time, energy, and effort that you put into the process. Yeah. And I think this is where average client value or lifetime client value enters the conversation. So someone's like, no, what do you mean, Chris? I do factor in my cost of acquisition. My average client value or my lifetime client value is $2,500 and I'm paying you know, $300 for a customer. So obviously 2,500 minus 300 is 2,200. So I'm positive. What do you mean? I got it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a great point to bring up. And, you know, if you guys aren't familiar with lifetime value, um, you know, we're talking about the 
average client value, you take all of the revenue, you divide it by the number of members times the average number of months that your clients stay with you. And then that creates this number and to your point, 2,500 bucks. Um, and we look at it and say, Hey, 2,500 bucks, uh, we've captured on that. And then it only cost us 300 bucks. It's a net win. And we're saying, Whoa, 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 let's take a step back and really say, is that a win? And the reason we're saying that is you got to look at the cash. Okay. And I think there's a lot of gyms getting into trouble if they're using this as a client acquisition um, model or the only model, I would say. I think you can run that and you know, use other metrics. But guys, there's, there's a real cost like in real time, meaning if you run ads, you're gonna likely pay that bill within 15 days and that money's gonna go out, okay? So uh, if you don't have that cash because you're waiting for your membership money to accumulate, you're gonna feel that. Mm. And where's that other money gonna come from? So that's the first thing is like value and cash are completely different things on hand. And then the other aspect of this is timing. How long does it take to recoup that client acquisition cost. Do you really want to wait 18 months before you're, you know, getting that money back? Or is there a more reasonable time that we should recoup the cost so that we minimize the risk or we give it enough, you could say, value that new clients are riskier. Not all of them are going to make it through. So how do we account for that risk? And we pass that on to the prospect so that the business doesn't get hurt and we're properly paid for the time, the energy and effort to work with these people. So those are my cases of saying, hey, LTV, it, it has a good representation of total value, but is it the right metric to make a decision on? And where does that decision help you adjust your price point or to make a good decision on how much to spend? Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that average client value fails to recognize is the cash and time component. I mean, like average lifetime value implies that you're capturing a, you know, a, uh, a number over a certain amount of months, whether it's 12, 18, you know, whatever that, that is for you particularly. But the thing that it, it's missing is when does that money actually become cash, right? Like the value is this number that we have, but I, as a business owner, and this is every business owner's problem, cash is the thing that everybody wants. Like I need it right now to either pay bills, make investments, you know, that's the metric that you want to have a lot of on hand. And what happens with just looking at it in a very simplified way as like money in money out is like you factor, you forget to factor in the time component and the cash component of when that actually hits your account, which ends up hurting you because now you are, and this was introduced to the industry too, to solve that problem. The, the thing that you did was like, Oh, sell a year up front at a discount and boom, you created cash. And it's like, okay, <laughs> But right. why would I discount my services? This now creates someone who's not, you know, maybe as bought in as they were the beginning. Like it creates a lot of issues. What if I want to change up my business? Now I have to deliver the service for the next 12, 18 months or however long they pre-enrolled for. So yeah, like I think it, it 
I see it so clearly where it's an oversimplified way to measure success. And there is a lot of ways to manipulate your average client value to like work for you. But I don't think it's a long-term play that you want to run to build a sustainable business and career. Yeah. So, so there's a hidden number in both the client acquisition costs and the LTV. Okay. And it, if you miss this, it, it, it's easy to get caught up in just saying, how am I using the LTV or how am I using the, the client acquisition costs? The hidden number that has to be talked about is, are you charging the right rate? Right? Because if that rate is off and you haven't considered the cost to serve the client, the, the true payroll and expense side of running the facility and making a profit, then honestly, you haven't truly you know, priced yourself to make sure the service side makes sense. And then on top of that, you have this whole different cost just to get someone to become a member and they have to you know, work in unison. So this is why our model guys is when we set and establish a price point, we have to consider the operating expense, the payroll, the owner income, the profit, and then we arrive at the right price point. But that's really just the first step is let's just give the analogy, you know, we talked about before in saying if it costs $300 to acquire a client, what do we do with that number on top of the correct price to charge to be profitable? Well, in our version of this, we recognize that it's reasonable to get a client on track in a result in 90 days, okay? It takes time to serve people who wanna lose weight and build muscle and, and develop a healthy lifestyle. So by taking that $300 and saying, hey, for the first three months of their membership, they're gonna pay $100 more on top of that core membership price so that they pay for themselves in order to cover the costs that we had to go through to promote to them, to talk with them, to spend time with them on enrollment. In that way, it corrects, in our opinion, the true cost, the cash cost to um, fill the business and, and training program with new clients. And that way you arrive at a profit at the point of sale, essentially, not waiting months and months and months down the road where you have to float and figure out how to cover all the operating costs and wait to sell them more stuff just to get the LTV up high enough to say, hey, we've officially broke even. It is month seven victory. And, <laughs> and, and that's too long. That's why you're feeling the cash poor uh, budgeting going on in the business. It's a hole. It's a massive broken hole. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's super important to like, consider that it's not just, you're trying to make your money back. It's you're trying to make a profit and seeing it from that lens helps you see that the, the simplified, like what's it costing me? What's the lifetime value is too simple of an equation. I'm, we're not saying that like the lifetime value doesn't give you an insight into your business, but I don't think it's the thing that you need to make decisions based off or even like say that was a good call right because like let's say you you are spending three hundred dollars to acquire a client the lifetime value of that client is twenty five hundred 
simple math would tell you, oh, we're positive 2200, but we're saying, no, you're not positive 2200 because that 2200 also has to pay for your rent, pay for your uh, coaches, pay for you, your salary, give you a profit and also pay for taxes. Like, does that, does that 2200 cover all that? If the answer is no, then this isn't even like a, like um, money in money out issue. It's like, like you said, the hidden number is like, what, what are you charging? What's the price point you're actually charging to create this lifetime value. And we're saying you got to do that with your group membership, as opposed to, oh, I'll just sell them more supplements. I'll just sell them into the nutrition program. Because what you don't realize is like those things also come with their own costs to operate in time, money, effort, and you're growing incrementally, but you're not actually making a true growth. True growth would be like, I increase my prices for my program. The cost is going to stay the same, but the money that I'm generating is going to be higher. Yeah. I I think, you know, if I were to rework LTV and um, use it with the understanding of making decision in, in, uh, how things are actually working on the ground level. If we wanted to look at LTV, I would say, what does the first 90 days LTV look like? The, one of the hardest parts of, you know, getting people into a training program is getting them, uh, to be consistent, to believe that they can do it and to stay so that they see results. So if you looked at it from a standpoint of the first 90 days LTV versus beyond that, and it does get easier to, you know, create a longer lasting client when they have buy-in, but that buy-in comes after a result or an outcome. So that's where I think the model for me becomes not so valuable to look at because what we're really talking about when we're saying acquiring, you know, new clients I want to spend some time saying what's the true cost of acquiring those clients. And we need to look at a shorter period of time because they're almost like two different avatars or types of people, those who are not bought in fully and those who are bought in and living the lifestyle of someone who is healthy and those who are essentially trying to build and become that person. And there is risk in there. And if that risk is not accounted for in your Mm. price, guys, you will lose every time. Yeah, that's a great point. I never, one of them is they're trying to become this person and the other ones I became this person. I'm sustaining the habits, um, which is an interesting way to look at it, treating both as different people. And because of that, they need different programs. And because of that, the price is going to be different. What would you say to someone? Because this typically happens. There's a program for new members and a program for existing members. And then somebody is relocating to your town and they're like, Hey, I've done CrossFit before. I don't need to do the new program. Can you just enroll me into the one for existing? A lot of people will just be like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and jump in. Like what, what is your take on that? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, for me, and, and I can speak with experience that I've made these mistakes and this is how I've transformed this process personally. So if you're out there and you've done this, I can relate into uh, the shift is this new mindset. So um, we have to understand that no matter where they're coming from or what they've done fitness wise, they don't understand you. They don't know what you're about. They don't know how you do things uniquely. 
So it can be kind of confusing when someone says, hey, I've done this style of training or I've done it at a gym that looks like you. They really don't know. So I still, it's in my best interest to collect the lead the same way, follow up with them the same way, but I'm listening and understanding that this person has experience. They also have unique goals. They also are struggling uh, you know, with accomplishing those goals or want to um, better those in a new facility. Um, and, and that really means that I do have to consider all that and, and help them understand how I'm going to help them. So they're coming to me saying, yes, I want to maintain my routine. But for me as a coach, I need to understand, can I and how will I help this person? Is my program right for them? So you do have to pump the brakes in order to, I think, arrive at someone who sees all of your value, will be bought in to your style, to how you do things and how it differs from what they've been doing, because that's really important. You know, you don't want someone coming in thinking they're getting the old gym's service and quality when you are light years ahead of your own time. And I think that's important is you got to believe in that, but you have to get their mindset to buy into how you do things. Otherwise, they're going to be completely disruptive. They're not going to fit the culture and you'll, you'll feel that and you'll put your members in jeopardy of experiencing this person. So you can't cut corners is what I'm saying. And as much as it is a, hey, I've, I'm one of you, I've already been trained up and I've got 10 years of experience, just open the door, let me in, I'll be you know, the, you know, the most consistent member ever. But they don't have the mindset. They don't have. They have not been indoctrined to your methods and your style, so that they could not speak to a friend about all of the value that you offer. Because if you skip mm -hmm. this step, they're not truly educated on how you do things, why you're different, and they could not share that with someone else. And that's what I'm most nervous about nowadays. Is I can't allow that on the floor because I am the first. We'll we'll say step in the process of education and proving my value, but also qualifying that this person is right for me or right for my community. Mm, that's interesting. So at that point, you would just say, if they were like, I only will sign up if you let me do the long-term program, you would just say, we don't, we don't do that. You have to start here or here are your other options for gyms. Uh, so yeah, essentially it's, uh, here's how to get started in our program. It's, this it's, is the only way in. <laughs> yeah, th this is the way in and, and there is no other offer on the front end. So yeah. it, and it, and when you run it that way, it's just how it is. It's, it's our process. So there's no confusion of, I run this membership or this price and this term it's smooth and it's simple but it allows me to focus on what the client needs, where they're starting and truthfully get them what they need out of our program and how we set it up. And at the end of the day, they're paying us for a job. That job is to deliver an outcome regardless of how much experience they have or time. So if it's not a good fit and I need to recognize that and sometimes not being a good fit could be a price or a budget thing which I am completely cool with, but I'm, that doesn't mean I'm going to compromise, you know, my budget and my cost of delivering the service at the level that we do. And that's why I got guys, I say, you got to really pump the brakes with those people coming in. They're just motivated. They're excited. And if you get caught up in that excitement, 
you can invite people in that you don't truly know and you haven't taken the time to really get to know what they find valuable and that's not okay either because at the end of the day like i said they're coming to you for a reason and i promise you it is not just to use your equipment in your space they want goals they want coaching they want to be a part of something that is going to better them but if you skip the steps because you don't have the process built out or you haven't invested the right amount of resources to charge for your time to slow down the conversation that's a whole nother thing but what i'm saying is when you charge the right prices you slow down and you get to know the client and you get to know exactly what they need so that you can then help them learn about how you're going to get them to their goal in a faster, more impactful, you know, better growth than they've ever experienced. And then you can back that up because you've built in everything you need into that price point. Yeah. Yeah. So circling back, cause we kind of went on a tangent here, but like the point we were trying to make is everybody pays for the cost of acquisition, whether you are brand new to working out or seasoned in working out, both of you are new to your program, your process, your gym. So everybody pays for that cost of acquisition in the first program that they have with your gym. Um, and I think that's important to, to realize is that like your business model is your business model. It is set up to serve you, is set up to serve your members, it is set up to serve your coaches. And just because someone comes in and they're like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it that way. Doesn't mean you have to like let them, right? It's still your business model. It's still the way that you want to run it. Um, but yeah, I think this was a great conversation and just like breaking down how those numbers can really help you. And also how looking at them in a very simplified way can actually harm you, right? Like money in and money out, like here's what it's costing me. Here's a lifetime value that is it's too simplified of an equation for you to really make informed business decisions uh, about like, you know, is this covering my rent? Is it covering my profit? Is it covering my payroll? Is it covering me and my salary? Um, when does this money get here? Like there's so many questions that you still have, even if you have those two metrics and like, Yes, you want that metric to be positive and you want it to be like a positive cash flow. But the thing that you want to like dig a little deeper in is when does that money come and does it cover everything that is needed to run a profitable business that supports my salary? So if you are listening to this and you're feeling like, hey, like my gym is at a place where, you know, it's been running, but I haven't actually been able to create a career or financial security through my gym, then we want to invite you to apply to our 90 day business and marketing coaching program for brick and mortar gym owners. It's called Factory Forge Momentum. And inside that program, we really help you see business in a completely different way. We help you read the, the metrics that you need to know and understand in order to create that financial security and stability, and then also how to really scale your time and money, right? Because a business doesn't have to be this thing where you're like constantly having to like grow and grow and push and sell. It can be something more simple and sustainable. And we help you build that into your gym and your day-to-day -day so that you're not feeling like you're constantly working in your business and almost kind of like in a hamster wheel, but instead like you're, you're still, you know, part of the day-to-day -day of the business, but it feels simple and light and like manageable. So you still have a life outside of your gym. Um, so if that's where you're at and you find yourself just kind of like feeling like, is this really it? Like 
is, you know, I've owned this gym for this long and I haven't made it past this like point. I haven't like broken the ceiling from this like place that I'm at. Um, there is another way to do it where you get back time, you make the money that you need to, and you, you know, create a really impactful service for your members. So if you, if you're interested in that head to www.factoryforge.com slash momentum and apply to our program, um, you can book a call to talk to Chris. I'll teach you a little bit more about, um, how to build a simple, lean and profitable gym model. And, um, yeah, we'll see if we're a good fit. Thanks guys. Thank you. If you're ready to start growing your membership base with long-term clients and building a gym that gives you income and lifestyle, then I want to invite you to apply to my program where I'll show you how to pay yourself $5,000 a month, take home, and make $5,000 a month in gym profit without spending all of your time working by implementing our proven process, the Lifestyle Gym Model. Head to factoryforge.com forward slash apply to apply to work with us.